Welcome everyone to Tamriel Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric Rasulior, and today I'm also hitting you with a kind of a bonus episode, although I don't really want to call it that. So I got home late last night and I was preparing to do the Khajiit episode that I just published. And I realized horrifically that I have not done an episode on the Red Guards. So I cannot believe that I spaced this. So it's probably <laughs> due to the fact that I've talked about Red Guards on several different occasions that I just kind of assumed that I'd already done an episode on the Red Guards. But alas, I haven't. So this is going to be a shorter episode. I'm not going to do a skit today. And I've already done the news on the episode I just did. So if you want to talk about or hear about the news about the Microsoft buyout of Bethesda and ZeniMax Studios, go check out the first stock part of the Khajiit two-parter. So, I'm going to go ahead and get right into the Red Guards. So, I also should mention that if you've listened to my introductory episode, you will know that the very first character that I ever had in an Elder Scrolls game was a Red Guard. I had a Red Guard in Oblivion my very first character so and what drew me to the red guards was the fact that they are known as the most skilled warriors the most naturally talented warriors in all of tamriel and i didn't know anything about the lore of the series or anything like that i was just knew that it was a fantasy type world and I wanted to kick some ass with a sword and a shield so I went red guard so red guards are the most naturally talented warriors in all of Tamriel they are a dark skinned and wiry haired people of Hammerfell and they seem to be born into battle though their pride and their fierce independence of spirit makes them more suitable as scouts or skirmishers or as a free range hero or adventurer than the rank and file soldiers. In addition to their cultural affinities for many armor styles and weapons, particularly swords, Red Guards are also physically blessed with hardy constitutions, resistance to poisons, and quickness of foot. Unlike most other human races, they are not to believe to have any connection with the ancestral Nords, Nordic home of Atmora. So yes, I've mentioned in many of the episodes, and this is probably where my confusion came from, most of the human races are descended from the needs that came from Atmora, um, whether with Ysgrimor or not. But that's not the case with the Red Guards. The Red Guards come from a continent in the west known as Yakuda. So when they first traveled to Tamriel, they were known as Yakudans. And unfortunately, Yakuda sank into the sea in ancient times. 
and the cause of Yakuta's sinking is attributed to either natural factors such as earthquakes, tsunamis, or volcanic eruptions, or the revenge of a defeated band of Anesei called the Herodurge. And upon the sinking of their homeland in around the time of First Era 792, the Akutan fleet set sail to the east and eventually arrived on what would later be called Hammerfell. And I talked about how Hammerfell came to get its name in my previous episode about the Dwemer. So, um, so a bulk of the refugees remained on the island of Hearn while the regatta or the warrior wave continued on to the mainland Hammerfell in First Era 808. Imperial scholars concluded that the term Redguard originated as a phonetic corruption of regatta, which that makes sense. Redguard, regatta, yeah. However, Redguard myth considers it a legacy of the Warrior of the Singers, a series of seven battles in the Yakuta circa 780, shortly before the continent was destroyed. Their legends say that the war was fought between the army of the last emperor, Hira, and a series, I'm sorry, and the greatly outnumbered Ensei, presumably the Herodurge, who sought out the leadership of Lord Frandar Hunding at the onset. Hunding led the Ensei to the victory, to victory using the hammer and the anvil strategy, but at great cost. Though they spared the land from Hirna's tyranny, they had to leave it afterwards, for when Hunding's strategy reached fruition in the final battle, when the proverbial hammer fell, more than 300,000 people were killed. In the eyes of the Sidensri, the guardi- their guardians were red with blood, so when they left Yakuta sailing across the Etheric Ocean, they took on new names to commemorate their final battle. Their new land was Hammerfell, and their new name was the Red Guards. As Yakuta sank into the sea, the Yakutans were forced to follow them to this new land or perish. These were not the first Red Guards to arrive in Tamriel, however. The horsemen of the River Spire region of High Rock, long a myth, were confirmed to exist by the scholars in the Second Era. They are believed to have migrated there from the Yakutan island of Akos. Kazaz, Kazaz, K-A-S-A-Z, sometimes, sometime in the early 6th century of the first era. When they arrived, the regatta attacked all the settlements of Need and Myrrh along with the native beasts and conscripted those that they did not slay as laborers or the servants for the warrior sailors, sailors of the regatta. After only a few brutal months, the regatta had established a long presence, a strong presence along the western shores of Hammerfell, disrupting and replacing the imperial and Nordic raiders who had preyed upon the area for centuries. From the footholds along the coast, they continued to launch assault after assault, eventually succeeding in driving off the orcs and making their way for the High King and the Yakutan royalty known as Na Totum, Totabum, Totabu, T-O-T-A-M-B-U, to arrive safe 
to safely arrive in Hammerfell. All the old cities of the Dwemer in the region, with a few exceptions, are now the cities of today's modern Hammerfell. Despite how long ago they arrived, the Red Guards are still comparative newcomers. Every other modern race had already emerged before the Regatta arrived at Tamriel's shores. And despite the advanced culture they brought with them, their martial nature and the savagery which they established themselves in Tamriel earned them a long-standing reputation as barbarians and cutthroats. More than the Nords? Anyway, the early Red Guards faced a goblin invasion but drove them away. And later on in the First Era, the Red Guards came under a threat from a second seemingly unstoppable invasion of giant goblins. However, they were thwarted thanks to the leadership of Derek Halen, who restored the teachings of Frandar Hunding and his Book of Circles, which have remained an integral part of Red Guard life ever since. The Red Guards scorned their neighbors initially and didn't even trade with them until after their worth had been proven in a successful siege of Orsinium circa 1st era 980. Their own native language, Yoku, which was almost entirely replaced to help establish foreign trade, although the language is still spoken, and they were absorbed into the Second Empire sometime during the Raymond Dynasty, Raymond Cyrodiil. During the Alliance War circa 2nd Era 582, the uh, ESO events, they joined with the Orcs and Bretons in forming the Daggerfall Covenant. The strongest support for the Covenant centered in the city-states of Halen Stand and Sentinel, which are both in Hammerfell. With much of the outer regions of Redguard society remaining distrustful to their new allies, Sometime during the interim of the Second Era, their fragile administrative republic established in Hammerfell by the Second Empire collapsed, and control of the province reverted back to the traditional heritage monarch of the Notundumpu. The new High King of Hammerfell moved his seat of power from the old capital, capital of Hecate to the more prosperous northern city of Sentinel. This ignited tension between the forebearers and the crowns. As Sentinel was a forebearer city, upon the death of High King Hassad II in the Second Era 862, the people of Sentinel retook their city by force. Crown Prince Ator journeyed to the city to seek vengeance, leading to one of the bloodiest massacres of the second in the Tamrielic history. The bloody civil war which ensued this led to Hammerfell easily being absorbed into the Septum Empire in Second Era 864, though the, sec though the Empire soon had to make some significant concessions of power following a successful result in Surismakai. The Red Guards would become more outgoing under the Septum Empire and many branched out to other parts of Tamriel. Red Guards reportedly served as mercenaries under the Cameron Usurper around 3rd era 267. King Cameron of Sentinel would be killed during the War of Betany in 3rd era 403, a short but vicious land dispute with Daggerfall over the eponymous island of Betany. The aftermath brought a lot of bad blood between the Bretons and the Red Guards of the Iliac Bay region. 
following the miracle of peace, Sentinel, then under King Votan, greatly expanded to take over the entire northern coast of Hammerfell. It's known that near the end of the Third Era, Red Guards of Eastern Hammerfell harbored a fierce grudge against Skyrim and yearned for a chance to take back the land that was seized during the War of the Bendramark in Third Era, ni- I'm sorry, Third Era 396. In the Fourth Era 171, the Great War erupted when the Aldmeri Dominion demanded in part that the new emperor, Titus Mede II, cede large tracts of summer, southern Hammerfell to them. The Empire fought back, but ultimately made the concession as part of the White Gold Concordant in 4th Era 175. Though the rest of the Empire left them to their fate, the Red Guards refused to accept this and suffered mass devastation all over southern Hammerfell in their long, though successful, repulsion of the Dominion invasion. And this is why the Red Guards are badass. They fought off the Dominion when the Empire couldn't. Many Red Guards remain bitter over the Empire's abandonment and believe that their triumph is proof that the Concordant was a mistake and the Empire would have succeeded had it fought on. I have to agree with that. The Empire just, it was a shell of itself at that point. And the White Gold Concordant was one of the worst mistakes that it ever made. So, yeah, had they just fought on, they probably would have succeeded and we wouldn't be where we are today. So, like all races, Red Guards have been shaped by their home. Since their arrival, there have been an they have been few in number relative to the other races of Tamriel. Their Yakutan heritage left them with advanced seafaring, agriculture, military, and even an astronomical knowledge that allowed them to thrive in places where others merely hoped to survive. Redguard society is extremely martial, and nearly everyone is expected to have a grasp of basic weaponry and combat although only the rulers are generally expected to have detailed knowledge of strategy, formations, and tactics. Only the strongest, fastest, and smartest Red Guards are accepted into demanding military, which consists mainly of various knightly orders. And Red Guards don't traditionally have a standing army, and they are expected to prove themselves worthy by facing death. Even their entertainment, like snake charming, bears some risk to it, so... These people strive on danger, it seems like. And the practice of magic has generally been frowned upon dating back to at least the second era. So yeah, when I was choosing my very first character that I ever had in an Elder Scrolls game in Oblivion, it did excuse me, it didn't mention magic really at all. It just mentioned battlefield knowledge, really. But that's what I was looking for. Like, these people aren't really known to practice magic. They're very well-versed in in combat, like like military combat. So that's what drove that. That's what attracted me to the Red Guard character that I eventually had in Oblivion. So many believe that no true Red Guard would stoop to using magic, and it's considered a weakness. Certain schools have a way of teaching the sword 
and it forbids students to use magic and enchanted weapons. Eh, I enchanted my weapons, but whatever, that was me. By the Third Era, spellcasters were shunned in Hammerfell, believing them to be wicked individuals who steal souls and tamper with the minds. That's only necromancers, one branch of magic, but hey. Necromancy has always been a bored in Redguard culture due to the reverence of the dead. Although being suspicious of magic is regarded as a hallmark of Redguard culture, it was not always so pronounced. In ancient times, Yakutan war wizards were part of their armies, albeit rare. Sword singers were said to have forged swords woven with magic, and indeed, Shehi, S-H-E-H-A-I, is believed to have to be a form of magic. I've, yeah, oh, I may get into sword singers in another episode, but for now, let's just stick with the rest of the red guard culture red guards have a reverence of horses and they brought many with them to hammerfell notably a breed called the akudan charger the constellation of the warrior and its charges seems to be of great importance to their ancient literature so yeah in earlier like earlier games in the Elder Scrolls series, you pick which sign you're born under. So whether it's the warrior, the mage, the scout, the things like that, and that kind of determines part of what your abilities are. That wasn't the case with Skyrim. So Red Guards have a great diversity in styles and for their clothing though it always tends to be light, long, and flowing to best tolerate the heat and hazards of the desert. So yeah, there's the great Alkir desert in Hammerfell. They first developed this style of dress in Yakuta, which was known to have arid deserts similar to the Alkir desert of their adopted homeland. The flowing curves of Redguard dress is mimicked in the designs of their armor and weaponry. Imperial propaganda from the late Second Era speaks of some Redguards opting to go nude in public, particularly in Riyadh. Denzins of the Alkir tend to favor lightweight leather armors to better cope with the heat and often wear face coverings to keep the sand from their mouths. In their constant quest for water, they often employed yohads, J-O-H-A-D-S, simple but effective water collectors made of sticks to and fabric which gather morning dew of the deserts. They are highly disciplined and enterprising people, having centuries of experience with warfare in their homeland before arriving on the Tamarillic shores. Their warriors are acknowledged to be among the best in the world, and Red Guards are known for their naval prowess, which I've mentioned, and their fleets have proved match for the Empire's best armadas, as seen in the Stros Mackay Revolt. Stros Mackay and some parts of the mainland, Hammerfell, hold many Dwemer ruins. I mentioned that in the Dwemer episode I did last, last week, even. Yeah, it wasn't just the last episode, it was last week. And some young Red Guards seeking to enter military service must brave the dangers of these ruins. Most of their holidays and traditions seem to revolve around either the celebration of the natural phenomenon or the commemoration of great battles and warriors. 
Naruto. I've already talked about their appearance. Um, they're tall, gaunt, finely toned. They possess average human strength and agility and show remarkable capacity for surviving dry and hot climates. And they're typically dark-skinned, ranging from light brown in hue to nearly black, and with often a reddish tint. And they present wave, sorry, curly, wiry hair, and their degrees of body hair varies. Tattoos and body piercings are common. Uh, many red guards show an affinity for beards. A man is only as great as the beard that wears him is an old red guard proverb. So, um, that's really about it when it comes to red guards. Um, they, as far as their pantheon goes, um, they mainly follow the, um, imperial pantheon, um, like Akatosh, Juliana, Stabella, Stendar. Um, but they may, they revere Zenithar quite a bit. Um, he's um, kind of their um, forging god. Um, but they, they have different names for some of the gods. So Zet is is Zenthar or Zenthar um Morwa M O R W H A is Mara um and Mara apparently has four arms instead of two but really that's about it as far as the red guard goes I'm sorry I forgot <laughs> like I spaced the fact that I hadn't done uh, Red Guard episode. I guess I just talked about them so much in previous episodes that I didn't realize that I hadn't done a Red Guard episode by itself. Uh, thank you once again to The Hive for sponsoring this episode or this podcast. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on uh, Instagram at Tamriel Adventures on Twitter at Tamriel P. You can email the show if you desire at Tamriel Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find me in game in ESO um, on the Xbox server at Sulior or at on the uh, PC North America episode at EE Gold EE uh, PC North America server on. Um, that EE Gold. I apparently am scatterbrained right now. I apologize. Um, you can also reach out to me on Discord. I do have a Discord server if you would like to uh, check me out there. I have the link in the show notes. Um, you can. There's also a link for the Hives Discord. Please, please, please uh, leave a rating and a review for this show on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the word out there. And um, if you like the show, please uh, tell your friends. Also, you can find me on the uh, Twitch platform. I have a Twitch and I stream multiple times a week at uh, twitch.tv slash And um, 
I will see you guys in a couple of weeks with the second part of the Khajiit episode. So until then, stay safe, adventurers. Thank you.